you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. it all in. Being in God's presence was so amazing. You know, His presence does change us, that we're not meant to just be in His presence, but His presence, as it changes us, then compels us to go in the world and show His goodness. And today, that is what we're going to be talking about. The real purpose of uh, of being transformed and being changed is to let this world know who Jesus is, so they can be brought into his family. Before we get there, though, last week I, um, okay, two things. One is, if you want to, like, take a few moments to get into your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 14 today, so you can turn there or go to our GCC app. If you don't have a Bible with you, we have complimentary Bibles that you can take home. They're yours, free Bibles at the Info Hub. Look it up on your phone. Um, But anyways, last week we told you that our Haiti missions trip had to cancel or be postponed because of civil unrest. And, um, and we just want to say we were praying with you, praying with that team. They were um, very disappointed, obviously. They've been training and preparing for six months. But in that time of that announcement to today, I want to let you know what has transpired. I made a phone call on Monday, um, and you know what took place in the Bahamas, right? The the devastation of the hurricane in Bahamas. And um, in talking with Foursquare, our director of Foursquare Disaster Relief, and I said, you know, is what's going on there and how can we help? And in the matter of a week, the team has booked tickets and has a hotel and and is going to Bahamas in a couple weeks to go with disaster relief. Now, we haven't forgotten Haiti. We have money designated for Haiti, and we'll continue to um, partner with them and find a way to continue to be a blessing. But isn't it interesting that um, God knew, he foreknew, even before this team um, got together, what would take place, that he would need a team ready to deploy Um, And so they're still on schedule for their time. They've already taken off of work, uh, for the funds already raised. I mean, they wouldn't have been able to go and respond like that because it took six months of preparation. And so anyways, we want to continue to pray for them as they go on to the Bahamas now and um, and minister to those who have um, been displaced from the hurricane there. So thank you guys for being willing and flexible to do what the Holy Spirit is, is calling them to do. So thank you. So, so today, I also want to bring out, before we get into completely the message, this is the last one in the series do, uh, of Students of Jesus, and we're, really what we were doing is we were leading you up and building you up to understand the discipleship pathway that we have put together from saved to uh, rooted to doing what Jesus did to um, Financial Peace University. And those are all kind of key things of getting us free and get us prepared to, to the purpose of what this message is going to be, the go, the go. I want to say that, um, that 93, actually I wrote this down, actually 90, yeah, 93 people have signed up for a discipleship pathway this fall. So congratulations for saying, I want to grow. I want to, I want to make a difference. So well done. 
But something I was interesting, I was pondering, and maybe it was the Lord that brought this to my mind, or maybe it was just me thinking about it. I feel like it was of the Lord. But when I was talking about two of the topics, one of, oh, no man, anything except the debt of love, a borrower is a slave to the lender, and saying that God wants every single one of us to get out of debt to be free, I looked around the room, and it was like, that's not going to be me. How many people would like to be debt-free? So how come all of you aren't in the FPU class? (laughs) Because I believe that you felt like, that's not me. There's no possible way that that could be me. And when you say that, and Nikki brought that, she didn't know what I was going to talk about. She didn't know what God's put on my heart. But, But when we stop believing in the possibility of what God has for us, Our faith is non-existent, and the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is responding. Well, look at this verse real quick, Hebrews 11.1. Here's a definition of faith. Now, faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So your debt is very seen, isn't it? What you hope for is to be debt free. It's evidence of things not seen. So you're going to then have to put a plan and action in place. The other one we talked about last week was a doing what Jesus did course that we're, we're starting off. We already had our group starting this past week, but I'll be starting um, doing what Jesus did um, right after service. And, and the idea that, that God wants us to flow in the supernatural, supernatural healing, salvation, leading people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, preaching the gospel. A lot of you said, yeah, I, I would like that? Now you're going to be a little bit more shy to raise your hand. How many people would like to be used by God in those ways? So why aren't you in the doing what Jesus did class? (laughs) Because I believe it's like, that's for him or that's for her. That's not for me. But your faith needs to grow to believe that God can use me. It's possible that God could use me. So Yes, you know, maybe not see it now. Maybe you haven't seen it in your past, but faith is believing in the thing that you don't currently see in front of you. So I want to encourage you and I want to celebrate you. Many of you are on this journey to say, you know what, I'm being willing to be stretched. I'm being willing to be uncomfortable. And I want to believe for everything that God has for us. All right. I want to say that In Luke chapter 15, before we get there, there's there's something in Luke chapter 14 that's really important to understand, and we started this series with this, understanding the cost of discipleship. When we say students of Jesus, that really is what we're talking about, is the Great Commission, go into all the world to do what? Preach the gospel and what? Make disciples. Making disciples means that we first have to be discipled to go make disciples. This is why as a church, we feel so strongly about a discipleship pathway, a pathway that is easy for you to navigate to say, I'm being challenged and growing in my faith so I can go make disciples and preach the gospel. But when we, be, when we first forget the cost that it's going to have, the cost is willing to die to ourselves Willing to realize, in, in Luke chapter 14, you can go in there that says, basically, you've got to die to yourself. You've got to begin to start saying, my life is not my own. 
My life has already been purchased by Jesus Christ. We remember that today in communion. And I want to be used as a vessel, as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So let's go back to faith for a little bit, for just a quick moment. What faith does, and I want to encourage us, and that's why worship is great. I love worship. I love the preaching time. Preaching of the word is amazing. Uh, Worship is amazing. Groups are amazing. But if we don't remember or realize what it's all for, then we come and just become a consumer and just say, didn't that feel good? Wasn't that nice? Great message, Pastor Mark. Or I love my community. I love my group of friends that I found in life groups. But I believe that you, we've lost the essence of the Great Commission because faith creates an expectation that drives us to action. Faith should stir something in you that drives us to action. Otherwise, the complacency, the I'm always going to have debt, God can't use me. We stay inactive, which means that our faith is not activated and we're no longer effective for Jesus. See, students of Jesus have a purpose and a plan. Hope without a plan is just a dream. Okay, I want that to sink in for a moment. Let me say it a different way. And actually, there's a quote by Catherine Patterson that says, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Think about that. A goal, I wish I was debt-free. I wish I could be used by God in that way. A wish without a plan, sorry, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yeah, I would like to be debt-free. I would like to be able to pray for somebody and see them be healed. I would like to bring somebody to Christ. But do you have a plan? What is your plan? So Grace Capital Church is really, um, I love what God's doing. I was sitting down here this morning just reflecting on where we've been as a church. We're 20 years young as a church, started in a living room. Um, And... You know, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to kind of see all the changes, all the transitions, but to be in God's presence, to see the faces, the new faces, to see how people have stepped into their giftedness, it just warms my heart to realize that God is doing something, and he's doing something new, and he's awakening us. There's the other word that Nikki used for us this morning. He's awakening us. But part of the awakening is not, again, just to feel good and to be educated because the Bible says knowledge does what? It has the potential to puff up, right? Knowledge puffs up. But love builds up. That's 1 Corinthians 8.1. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And, and as we are to begin to start seeing New Hampshire, to see our communities, to see our schools, to see our workplaces as a mission field, as a place that, where people don't know Jesus. So my daughter this uh, couple weeks ago was 
in a class, and she was, had the privilege of talking about some different things, and, and she asked the question to her class, and it was a provoked question, like, how many people believe in God? And only two people of our entire class raised their hand. Which means the opportunity is massive, but what it also means is think about how many people who are walking around without the hope and freedom that Jesus Christ gives. Which means that as I, you've heard me say it time and time again, New Hampshire is the least reached state in the union. And we have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to say we're going to change that. All we have to do is just focus on 1%. Nothing too big. One. Focus on one. 1%. That 1% in Merrimack County, how many people live in Merrimack County? Oh, this is interesting then. Maybe not as many people live in Merrimack County. How many people live in Carroll County? Oh, none. How many live in Belknap County? Okay. How many people live in... What's another county near us? <laughs> I could say one, but I may be... I know Coos County's way up north. Hillsborough, Hillsborough County. Here's... Oh, yeah. I, okay. How many people do not know what... So if you're watching online, you probably know what county you're in. You're probably not even in New Hampshire, but come join New Hampshire and the mission we're on. But yes, there's the call right there. So... But the reality is wherever you live, even if you don't know what county you're in, there are people <laughs> who need Jesus. But let me just put it in perspective for you. 150,000 people in Merrimack County. 1% of that is only 1,500 people. Do we have faith to believe that God would use each one of us to bring somebody to Christ that we could reach 1,500 people? Do you believe that? Yes, but you say yes, but are you willing to put feet to that yes? Ooh. So what is he going to be asking of us? Okay, the Great Commission is this. We talked about this, the go, right? The go doesn't mean come. Go means go. <laughs> it's, not too, it's not too hard. Go. Go, go means that we've got to go somewhere to do what? In the Great Commission, make disciples, preach. Now, I want to let you know the preach, all that means is to proclaim Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean you have to be on a platform, the preacher. It means that you have to proclaim who Jesus is. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, I'm glad you're here. Because I'm not just speaking to people who already know Jesus. I'm speaking to people who are, you're here for a reason. God's drawing you, so you're going to be on mission before you know it. Because you're going to give your life to Jesus real soon. But in Romans chapter 10, we are getting into Luke 15. Keep your finger there. I'm, just, I'm leading you up to it. But in Romans chapter 10, it says this. How will they call on him whom they have not believed... And how are they to believe in him, of Jesus, whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching or without somebody proclaiming who Jesus is? So faith comes by hearing. Okay? Faith comes by hearing. So as long as 
we always just come and celebrate Jesus together, and we're not going and sharing our story of how we first met Jesus, then people won't come to Christ. That means your faith needs to be activated. Okay, here we are, Luke 15. Luke 15 goes right here. Now, I love this, red letters, means Jesus has uh, spoken these things. These are Jesus's parables of the lost coin, the prodigal son, and the parable of the lost sheep. Now, at Grace Capital Church, we are about training the found, discipleship pathway, Caring for the least of these, that's what your, your community transformation grants of those of you starting in your life groups now, remember you have access to funds to do some sort of community transformation project. We've done a lot already this year, but hopefully we'll, we have money already taken, uh, you guys gave money to a pool and a pot that allows us to transform our communities. But the third thing is to reach the lost, and Jesus is talking about the lost, Pair of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the prodigal son. I'm not going to read them for you, but I'm going to give you the highlights of them. So the lost sheep, it's the leave the 99 to go after the one. The interesting thing about this is he was talking about the shepherd. Now, a lot of times we know the shepherd, Jesus is our good shepherd, right? Uh, Psalm 20, the 23rd Psalm. But I believe right there, he's telling us a story that the shepherd was a blue-collar job in the, t- in the time of Jesus writing this. This is not the, he could have said, the priest lost something and they went after the one, like it was the responsibility of the pastor. But instead, he's saying the shepherd went after the one lost sheep, which means the average person has a responsibility to go after the one. Next, the lost coin. So a woman lost multiple coins, and then she searched diligently until she could find the one. The one. And then when she found the one, after she diligently looked for it, actually, I love that word, diligently. If you, and actually, if we go back to um, Luke chapter 15, in verse 4, 4b, so later in that verse, It says, go after the one. Go after the one. It's like, go, great commission, go. It's the action to go. Then the parable of the lost coin, it says in verse 8, she went through the house and she seeked diligently. She looked diligently. Action. But there's a diligence and a kind of urgency to it. And then he goes on to the The parable of the lost son or the prodigal son is maybe you would know the story of that. But but it's the one son that kind of left and wandered off, lived carelessly, sinfully, really actually wasted a lot of the resources from the father's house. And when he came back, when he came to his senses, a big feast and celebration and festival was happening in honor of that one. Now, a couple things on this is he's not talking about the hundreds. He's not talking about the thousands. He's saying the one. Just one. One lost sheep. One coin. One lost son. I think sometimes we get to this idea of, 
okay, um, Pastor Mark's talking about 1% of 150,000, that's 1,500. What's my portion of the 1,500? No, 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 one. One. Who's your one? Who's your one family member? Who's your one coworker? Who's your one classmate? Who's your one? Who's your one? I want to illustrate this a little bit um, because when somebody first comes to the Lord, there's some people, how many people have come to the Lord in the last five years? Raise your hand if you've come to the Lord in the last five years. Wonderful. A lot of people. How many people have come to the Lord in the last three years? Raise your hand. How many people have come to the Lord in the last year? Hands up. Okay, awesome. So, so the thing that I find with the shorter time that somebody has come to the Lord, so came to the Lord under five years, they're leading a team on mission to the Bahamas, incredible. We have, um, actually I see some people over here, you're now helping out in the youth ministry, you're helping out as kind of a co-leader for one of our life groups, under two years of to the Lord. I'm looking around the room, other people have uh, raised their hands, and they're like, just I need to share Jesus with people. I just, I'm so hungry. But for us who have maybe been, how many people have been a follower of Jesus for over 40 years? Raise your hand. Oh, am I? Yeah, I guess I am. I, I was just saying, maybe I had my hand up, but I am. I'm 47 years old, almost 48. I know, my wife is, oh, I can't tell you how old she is. But um, she she is older than me, and she, her first number of her age is a five. Oh. But it does end in zero. So, I mean, I didn't say it. I just kind of gave some hints. <laughs> is she in the room? She's not in the room. Don't. And I heard, oh, 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 now these are fighting words. I don't know if you heard that, but somebody just said she's better looking. So, um, it is true. She has aged very well. If that's a compliment. That is a compliment. The light is going darker. I am, I'm coming off the stage. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay, thank you so much. The one, back on track. See, I did our little rabbit trail. You forgot my whole point. The one. What happens is the longer you are a, a Christian, we're warned about that in Revelation. Revelation chapter two, it says you've lost your first love. What happens when you first fall in love, and this is what Pastor Richie was talking about. Remember when you're a little young and like sloppy kisses and oh, love you dad, mom. You know, it's just like kids all over you and it's fine. Then we get a little bit more sophisticated the longer we've been walking and maturing, and then we kind of like get a little stuffy and a little, uh, that's just child's play. But the reality is Jesus wants us to be on fire for him like we just gave our life to him, and we can't stop telling everybody about him. <laughs> he wants to awaken us. He wants to awaken us. The Bible says that taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, I'm going to have a little quick illustration. How are we doing for time? We're doing well. Okay, I need um, 
Four volunteers. I'm going to take a couple from this side. Raise your hand if you're willing to volunteer. All right, right here. One, come on up on the platform. One right here, one right here. Yep. And I need one from this side. Yes, young man, come on up here. All right, give them a big hand as they're coming up. You got to come on the stage, on the stage. There's stairs on the side. Oh, what are you doing trying to jump like a gazelle? All right. Right up here. Okay, so you're just going to like one, two, three, four. Nice and light line right here. How are we doing? Cameramen, are we okay? We can see them okay? Do they need to be in the light? We're good? Okay. So one of the things that my wife is like so amazing at is she... She does all these nice little jams and preserves and all these little tasty things. So this is, the, I'm just opening up fresh. I'm not going to poison you here. So, all right. So I just want you to taste this, um, this preserve for a second. So this is grape, grape jelly from, anybody allergic? No. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I'm not having to administer any CPR up here. This would be kind of weird. All right. Can you... Can you just taste that for me and just tell me? This is, so these are grapes that I've grown on my own property. Tell me what you think of that. Delicious. Delicious. Oh, I need a microphone. Can somebody grab that microphone? Yeah, you want to grab that for me? That's perfect. All right, delicious. So that one right there. So um, let me come back here. Thank you so much. All right, so would you recommend, though, that you, that you would let her taste some of that? Absolutely. I mean, not your cracker. Oh. You have your own slime <laughs> on that. That would be gross. But I have a new one. I can help you out here. All right, so... Can I have more jelly? You can have more jelly. See? No, I want, you to tell, I want you to tell her about how good this jelly is. Tell her. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. So, I know. Just, there you go. So... I'm going to pass on. What do, you, what do you think? I know you're just kind of getting the taste of it now. It's just kind of like making you pucker up a little bit. What do you think? It's very good. Very good. Okay. Now, would you recommend it, though? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, is it so good that you should tell him about it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll tell him a little bit about it. Um, it's sweet, but it still tastes like grape. Ooh. And... It's changing your life. I know it is. It is. It's just changing your life. Okay. It's rocking my world right now. <laughs> rocking your world. Well, here's the thing, though. I'm, I'm going to just... I can do this, your, this cracker over here. Let me take your cracker back. I won't sure. get germs on it. Don't worry. Cooties. <laughs> okay. Cooties. So now here, I want you to taste this one, though. I, I, this is coming in Are hot and heavy. So, so this one is, is raspberry peach. Right. So taste that one. I, I know, sorry. <laughs> this is really good. That's really good, okay. So it was so good that, that when we first tasted it, this person like, can we have some of that? Like, and we got the recipe from the person. And, and then we're passing on this recipe to other people because it's so amazing. I know you're being feeling left out. I just wanna, are, do you think you should have some? Yeah. I wanna tell everybody about You wanna tell, family. she's catching on, okay. You want to tell everybody about this amazing experience that you just had with this peach. See, you're wanting to go in there and grab more. You go ahead. Taste it up first. I know you're jealous, right? You haven't got anything yet. What do you think of that? Speechless. Speechless. Okay, but you need to have, you need to... Pre it's so you need, sweet. 
You need to preach it. And preach so it, brother. Delicious. Preach it. What do, you, what do you think? It's really good. Do you think he should have some? I think he definitely should have some. Why? Because it will change your mind and how you view sweets and it's Oh, tasty. my word. I, it's I tasty. How, can't explain it. It's changed your life, hasn't it? It's good. You'll, it's never, you'll never eat jelly the same way. It's no, changed your life. It's awesome. Oh, he got a lot. Okay. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Okay. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, see his, do you see how his eyes turned in the back of his head as he took a bite? Oh, he was in, so what do you think? Amazing. Amazing. Oh, do you need to, do you need to tell mom that we, she needs this recipe and she needs to make it? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's give him a big hand. Thank you so much. You're waiting for some of that. Wait, wait, wait. I, you're still waiting. You're waiting for some of this. Okay. All right. It's only fair. You were, I saw your look on your face. Here you go. You felt jealous that everybody else was experiencing this and not you. All right. Okay, so here's the reality. No, it's not for sale. And no, you're not going to get freebies afterwards. Um, it's going back away. I'm just kidding, of course. Of course you can have some. I'll, I'll share. That's what it's all about. So, and a little piece of jelly right there. Oh. All right. Can, oh, now I'm sticky. All right. Well, here's the reality. Is when you've experienced something that is like, changes your world, you want to be able to share it with somebody else. You, you want to be able to like, you would not believe what I just tasted. You need to taste this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and I, I want to encourage those who've been followers of Jesus for a long time, our tendency is to be like, you've forgotten what it was like to be on the other side. When you first come to Christ, you realize this is what Jesus has saved you from. And you can't help but tell everybody how he's taken away your guilt and your shame if the worship team wants to come. And how you've been set free and how you find this love like you've never experienced before and this, this feeling of acceptance like you've never had before. And it's that simple. Can, can I tell you what my life was like before I met this Jesus? He's changed my life. Do you want to know this Jesus that I fell in love with? Yeah, tell me all about it. Because the only thing I know of Jesus is like some religious thing, or I don't know God at all. I want to encourage us to realize that our faith can grow. Let your faith grow for just one. Has God given you the grace for one? For one. Jesus, again, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the prodigal son was always about the one. Now, the interesting thing about the one, though, when the one came, and by the way, a lot of people interpret this as like somehow they were a part of the flock and then they left, as if like somehow they already knew Christ and then they left. I want to challenge that thinking a little bit. I believe that God has designed and purposed everyone to be in the family of God. I think they're born, and they're born to the place to be in the family, and sin has caused a separation and so they don't even know God because of this sin in their life, the separation. 
And so he's saying, would you go after the one? God's heart is that none should perish. That none should perish. On November 17th, I want you to think about this date, November 17th. Write it down. Lock it in your memory. Put a reminder on your phone. November 17th is our next baptism service. But that's also your date. Your date for what? For your one to be baptized. And by the way, who's going to be baptizing them? Not me. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you're going to go on the waters of baptism for the one. And you're going to have the opportunity to say, you know what? This Jesus that has changed my life can change yours too. And he wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants to love you. And you're going to lead them to Christ, and then you're going to have the opportunity to, to bring in the waters of baptism. Why baptism, water baptism is so important? Because it symbolizes to the body. You, you can't get away with just kind of like, yeah, I think I've said the prayer. No, you're going all in. <laughs> you're getting wet. And you're going underneath the waters and you're coming up out of the waters and, and you're realizing that you're identifying with Christ's death, his burial, but his resurrection, new life. New life. That's going to be pretty exciting. But my question is, do you have the faith to believe that God would give you one soul? Between now and November 17th, would he give you one lost person who God desperately wants to include them into his family? I believe so. I believe he does. Because his heart is that none should perish. And he cares about the one. He cares about the one. But you know, it's as simple as this. When you go to a great restaurant, what do you want to do? You want to tell everybody about your experience at a great restaurant. When you had some amazing jelly that my Audra made, you got like, can I get that recipe? I want to experience that and pass it on to others. And that's that easy. Can I tell you about what Jesus has done for my life? Let me tell you about that. Do you want to experience what I've experienced? It's that easy. That's what preaching the gospel is. Go make disciples. And the beginning of a discipler who makes disciples is that you're going to be in the waters of baptism with that person, with that one. And you're going to then say, you know what, I'm, I've been entrusted to help that person walk in their relationship with the Lord. Now we've created structures and systems for you, a discipleship pathway to help encourage you to get these people to grow in their relationship with the Lord so the enemy doesn't snatch them back out parable of the weeds, you know that? That we have that responsibility to be, to, to be entrusted to help them grow. Let your faith grow for one. God has given you the grace for one. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would help us today. to have our, first, our faith stirred 
to have an awakening to realize that, God, you've called us not just to be learners, to be students, but to go, to go into the world, to preach, to proclaim, to share what you've done in our lives, Jesus. That's the greatest call for us, the great commission. So Jesus, I pray that even right now that we would go home today and start making a list of who we're going to pray for. 10 people. We're going to start praying for 10, but then we're going to ask for one. God, you're drawing people's hearts to yourself, but you're waiting for us, your vessels, your hands and your feet to say yes to the call, to hear the voice of the the souls that are crying out in the wilderness to say, I want this hope. I want this freedom. I want this life. And they're just desperately waiting for saying, taste and see (laughs) that the Lord is good. Jesus, we thank you so much for loving us. If there's anybody here who has not given their life to Jesus, and you say, today's my day. Well, everybody's heads are still bowed, eyes closed. Would you just slip up your hand? I want to just say a quick prayer for you right now. Anybody want to give their life to Jesus? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Okay, you can put your hand down. Thank you. I see that hand. So Lord Jesus, for those three hands that were raised today, that were saying, I want to follow you, Jesus. It started by the stirring of our hearts to realize that that we're made white as snow and that's what we have done, Jesus, for those who've accepted you into our life. Jesus, come into our lives. And we pray for those who have raised their hand, just kind of say this under your breath, Jesus, come into my life. I want to make you the most important thing of my life. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin. Thank you for raising from the dead, showing that you are the son of God, that you conquered death to give new life. Today, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me for my past mistakes. I'm going to follow after you, Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.